Hey, on this week's Tales from a Gemini, my guest is Kate Dingley. She is a photographer who took five years to produce, I think it's going to be one of the, uh, a groundbreaking book called Easy Riders about the African-American motorcycle clubs of New York City. And she was accepted into that, into that, uh, and that at World, they welcome her with open arms, and she's telling their story through pictures and through interviews. And let me tell you something. I mean, it's I think it's going to be groundbreaking because I'll be per, I'll be honest. I didn't know about this kind of I, I knew, but I didn't know. And what she's going to do with this book dropping is going to be it's going to be incredible. So she was so open and welcoming. We had a great time. I can't wait to get the book called Easy Riders. The author Kate Dingley was my guest, and uh, we had a great time. I hope you enjoy this like I enjoyed it. Hey, it's BT with Tales from a Gemini, and I am so excited for today's. I, I was talking to today's guest. She, I think she, she has no idea how much of a geek I really am when it comes to this. I was scrolling through Instagram, like I always do, and I come across the thing about black bikers. And if you know me, you know my alter ego is always to be a biker. I mean, to be like one of those biker men with the leather jacket and rolling to town with your boys. And I was talking to my producer, Wyatt, and it was funny. Which he goes, yeah, the first time I saw you, you go, yeah, I can see that guy doing that. But as he's gotten to know me over a year and a half, he goes, nah, I can't see you doing that. He basically called me a pussy. And so I saw this, I saw this book about New York black uh, biker you know, uh, uh, clubs, and the, and the photographer behind that was a woman named Kate Dingley. And I saw and I go, I've got to annoy this woman until she becomes a guest on this show. And now she's a guest on this show. Kate Dingley, thank you so much for joining me. How are you? I'm great. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to talk. I'm very excited. And how's, it, how's the weather in uh, Santa Fe right now? You know, it's actually cold and snowy today. Everyone always thinks, you know, we're out here in the desert and, you know, we're sitting in the sun, but it's like freezing cold and snowing. So probably similar to, you know, where you're at in New York. You're in New York, right? No, I'm in Indianapolis. I'm in Indianapolis. Oh my gosh, I don't know why I thought you were in New York. Well, I got that oh, New York kind of cool. vibe to me. I got I like that I got that <laughs> yeah. New York kind of gully vibe to me, Kate. You know, well, I, I love see, New York. I see, you know, the cars going by. It looks very busy. You must be downtown. Well, yeah, well, we cool. yeah, we're downtown in Indianapolis. Yeah, we have cars here in Indiana, but yeah, I mean you um, <laughs> <laughs> motorcycles here in the I actually okay, Indianapolis. I just recently found out about a historic black motorcycle club out of Indianapolis, one of the oldest clubs I've heard of yet I just found out about them like six years into this project I was like holy shit they're called the Mohawk delegation they started in 1935 wow even I didn't know that Black least, Harley Club I think I know I think I've heard about them years ago are they anyway um are they anyway involved with with the military in a way do you know because I, I they might they could have been like veterans, maybe from the First World War or something. I'm not sure. But um, yeah, I mean, they they're early 1935. Wow. I thought that was so cool. Wow. You you are a, a dearth of information. Matter of fact, honestly, now just look at you from afar, from afar. And I'll stereotype you and I and call me out on just call me out on my BS. Go ahead. I, go ahead. <laughs> but I was, you know, I, I was so I was first of all, I think this project is awesome, by the way. And then I see a picture of you and I go. She looks like she'd be an FBI informant, if anything. If, if she were going to go to a biker set, I go, she's an informant. You know, watch her. I'm not going to lie. I think a few bikers definitely thought that at the beginning. They're like, you're just like, you're like, you're saying the right things, but <laughs> a little suspicious that you're saying the right things. 
Well, I mean, no offense, but yeah, I mean, no, you, you, you seem prim and proper and you seem just, I mean, anything but, but if you read on your site, if you read about you, and this is what I love, honestly, this is what I love last night, this is your statement on when, as you sent me a link and it said, I've always been drawn to people who live their lives apart. Those who lead a passionate, unusual, or transgressive existence on the edge of visible society. Their defiant independence, whether it's innate, cultivated, or forced upon, is why I make photographs. And that spoke to me, and that made sense. You know what I mean? Because sometimes when you, it, 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 you don't have to look that part to, to enjoy that part or, or to, you know, to, to love that culture. I mean, I love 80s metal. No one believes me when I say it, but I, I love 80s metal. I just love heavy metal, period. And no one believes me. And I went, I went to school, I had IZODs on my, I, 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 was, I was like a, a little yuppie. I did. I had IZODs and, and, and the little polo and, and everything, but <laughs> I love metal and no one believes me. So I can see that in that sense, you know? So what, what drew you to that project or just even thinking about the project, what drew you to that? Yeah, so I think, I mean, thank you for reading that bit of my statement there because I think that that explains it far better than I ever could, you know, just like off the cuff. But um, yeah, I, I definitely, um, I very much admire and respect people who decide to live in their own way and are kind of like, um, sorry, I don't know if I can swear on your yes, show. Yeah, be, be yourself, be yourself. <laughs> They're just kind of like, you know, fuck what other people are doing. You know, this is how I'm going to survive and get by, or this is how I'm going to live my life to the fullest. Um, I just, I admire and respect that so much when, you know, 95% of people out there are like, we feel this pressure to conform and to that we're worried about what other people think. And, and that's not bikers for sure. That bikers, um, bikers are like, you know, fuck society. Like these are my brothers and sisters. This is, this is what matters riding and brotherhood and sisterhood. So, you know, I had kind of this vague, vague thought in my head, like, you know, someday I'd like to, I'd like to photograph bikers. And I had no idea how that was going to happen. I didn't know any bikers. I didn't even know anyone who knew any bikers that I knew of. And it was just kind of like a thought in my head for a couple weeks. And I have this thing that happens to me with my photo projects sometimes where like the universe just like provides, yes. <laughs> like, I don't know what happens. Yes. I put out this energy and it, it comes back sometimes. And, um, so I had mentioned this idea to a friend of mine who I barely ever even saw. And she was like, you know, I know a woman who's dating a guy in a motorcycle club. I was like, okay, connect us. So I met this woman, her name was Chantel. She was dating a man in a motorcycle club based out of Brooklyn. Um, most of the motorcycle club, like most of the men and women in the club were of like Caribbean descent, um, you know, from Trinidad, Tobago. Uh, and she was dating one of these guys. So I met up with them one day and we made some portraits and it was cool. And, you know, we were talking and we, we got to the end of, you know, the little portrait session and they were like, Hey, we're going to a barbecue. Um, you can come along. So I'm like, yeah. So that was actually 
my first time on a motorcycle. Oh my I don't God. ride. You, so you, I, you were literally invited to the barbecue. You know how black people always say that when, when white people are really cool, they go, yeah, she's invited to the barbecue. You literally were invited to the barbecue. <laughs> I was invited to the barbecue and I'd never been on a motorcycle in my life. And I was a little scared to be honest. Like everyone always thinks that I ride when they, when they're introduced to this project, they're like, Oh, so you must be really into motorcycles. And I'm like, actually, I'm just really into people. Nice. Um, but yeah, so I got on the back of the president's bike and we rode over to the barbecue and this is in Bushwick, Brooklyn. We get to this big park and there are like hundreds of other riders there. And I'm like, holy shit, like this is a real scene. This is like bigger than I could have imagined tons of people there um and then that was the start it was a very very slow start you know like I definitely like I love I love getting to know um like groups of people who are very private yeah. right yeah. we're a little aloof and that's definitely bikers like they're gonna take their time before they decide that you're okay right, right. that you're like accepted and I respect that it was a very slow so it was like at least a year from that day until I really like was in you know but I'm I'm a stubborn motherfucker so <laughs> <laughs> I love it now now why and, and you know this is just an honest question no no venom but now why uh, uh black bikers as opposed to like maybe a, a, a white bike club yeah so you know that definitely, I just happened to meet that white, that uh, black club. I mean, like, so that kind of just, I was interested in photographing bikers and it just so happened that I met black bikers. But so that was kind of, it started off by chance, but then as, you know, as I started to get to know them and as my own, you know, stereotypes and misconceptions about bikers were like smashed uh -huh. early on, you know, each time I photographed, I was like, that's what really became a really like important part of it for me was I, through all my photo projects, I really love to make people rethink their assumptions oh, that's and, beautiful. and rethink their stereotypes and rethink, you know, I mean, what does a biker look like? Right. Yeah. I mean, we've, I know a lot of us and, and your picture in your head might be different as a biker yourself, right? but, um, you know, as like a, a lay person, as a non-biker, um, you know, I think a lot of us in pop culture, we see that old tatted up white dude on Harley, right. like that. I think that's what pop culture has served us over the decades. Right. Um, when in reality, you know, black bikers, female bikers, they've been around making history since the very beginning. Their history just hasn't been recorded as well. So I think and, and that right there to me, and I, I'm a perfect example of that. I didn't know, and it sounds so minute, but I didn't know either about that culture because I'm just like you. I was basically in, in mainstream pop culture, and it's like you know I, I knew about the. I've always been intrigued by the the one percenters, man, and you know that uh, Gangland that came on uh, A and E or whatever. I I I watched that religiously, and and you know and, and my alter ego is that one percenter, you know, with the neck tattoo and the and the sleeves and just walking in with your boys. 
And I knew I couldn't be that, but that was my alter ego. And, and it sounds so crazy, but I never knew there was a black biker club until like Instagram. And I go, oh, we did that too. Yeah, totally. I mean, and even just, so when I started this project, I'm like kind of a big history nerd. Um, so whenever I start any kind of project, I dig in and I try and learn as much as I can about what's out there. Like, and you know, the photo projects that came before, but also just the general history of the topic. So I really looked into black bikers. And I mean, one of the things that surprised me was how little uh, documentation there is. Yes. I mean, they've been around from the beginning. Like we mentioned, the Mohawk delegation started in the thirties. And we think of the white outlaw clubs that are very famous. Um, and we think of them like, oh man, they're so old. Like one or two of them go back to the thirties, but like, Hey, look, look at the Mohawk delegation. And like, no one knows about them. Yes. So, you know, it was really interesting. I, I found, you know, a, a small amount of research, but I also realized that what I was doing with Easy Riders, um, it was it was serving a bigger purpose than just like my own little project. You know, I, I was like, oh, this is actually important in um, in preserving this history and this culture and, and to show people that this exists. Like, this is also what a biker looks like. These clubs have been around since the beginning and they also deserve to, to have their place next to these other figures. So let me, uh, have you heard of Bessie Stringfield? Oh my I just God, yes. I, I've always okay. said, <laughs> I've always said that, that Queen Latifah should play her in a movie. And that, that's the first person oh that comes gosh. to mind. There needs to be a movie on her. Yes, I, and you could make it. You could make it happen because you're white, so you can make it happen. I mean, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'll do my best. I, I, mean, I think uh, Queen. Lat when I first read her story, I go, Queen Latifah would be perfect for that role, and, and I mean it from the bottom of my heart. I, I think she has the, the acting chops, and she and she rides also. And I just think that story needs to be told. It needs to be out there. For one, the way the times are, and we see, you know, the the truth coming out in in the world, and and how every one has done things and, and contributed to society. So the time is now for that. And I just think that will be a perfect, a perfect project to, to be out there in the world. Yeah, that would be, I can see Queen Latifah. That would be good. How about you? Who, who, but, who would you count? Who would you uh, cast as, as the lead in that? Um, you know, I guess it depends. Cause I, I can see Queen Latifah now that Queen Latifah is a little older. I can see her like as an older Bessie Stringfield, like well-established in Miami, like, presiding as the motorcycle queen of Miami, you know, but I think for a younger Bessie Stringfield, I'm not sure. I'd have to think about, I mean, I feel like Regina King is on my mind. Yes, that's lately. what I was thinking. I, mean, I was thinking Regina King. Yeah, I think she, cause she's, I mean, I just watched her in, um, the harder oh my fall. gosh, the harder we fall. And she was such a badass in that. And I'm like, I could see her being like a badass Bessie Stringfield, yes. but yes. <laughs> that's awesome we think alike so that's great yes i mean what are, what are the story now when you first got indoctrinated when you first went to that barbecue like what was your stereotype going in and that day did you see it did you see it happen that day where you started going okay this is not really what i expected but on a good level yeah so i was definitely intimidating of course like it was it was very intimidating going in there are 300 bikers and i've got so I, I shoot film, so um, I've got this giant camera. It's like this big. Right. 
um, giant film camera. Um, so I'm very, uh, you know, I, as you said, I look like an FBI informant, so <laughs> I kind of stand out a little bit and, um, and I'm like, I mean, you can't see this. I'm like a hundred pounds. I'm like a super scrawny little white girl here. So, um, you said that your words, not mine. Your <laughs> words, not mine. Uh, so yeah, I was, it was intimidating going in, but, um, I was struck by, so there are, you know, these like tough looking one percenter guys, um, but there are also families, right? Little kids running around, um, you know, the wives and the girlfriends hanging out, just like very like convivial, like just very like family friendly. Um, I mean, like, like your normal kind of backyard barbecue, right? <laughs> like the whole family's there, yes. everyone's chilling out, everyone's just like talking and relaxed and um, you know, you didn't see like, I mean, at least at this event, you don't see like, uh, like mean mugging as one of the guys I was interviewing for the book talked about, you know, you don't see like the discord between the clubs that you sometimes see. It was just very, very nice, very nice, peaceful, like family oriented afternoon. So I think that was one thing that struck me immediately it was just like how it's not just about the bikers it's about it's about the whole family like there's really the emphasis on um on the like the whole family almost as part of the club yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. and um, it's almost like you're you're born into it in a way i mean I'm sure they have free choice, but man, because you see in your pictures, and by the way, those pictures, I'm so glad you did it in black and white. There's something about black and white that just, it's, it captures a certain je ne sais quoi. I have no idea what that means, but it sounds cool. But a certain je ne sais quoi. <laughs> and, and it's so true because you see them with their kids, the kids on the bicycle, and, and they're on their motorcycle, but you know, you see the kids with, the, with their motorcycle helmets, and they're on their bicycles, or they're with them, and, and, it is, and it is all about family with them, and that's what people don't understand. Yeah, uh, one of the, so part of the book, um, I mean, it's mostly photos, but I also did interviews with 10 different writers in the scene. I tried to choose people who would all give like diverse viewpoints that came from um, different, had different histories, came from different types of clubs. So one of the guys I interviewed, um, he actually talks about growing up in this scene, right? I think he's like in his sixties now. Yeah. Um, so, you know, decades past growing up in the scene in Brooklyn, he talks about like, you know, as kids, we loved bikers. Like as kids, you know, you just like, you know, if you go to the bike club with your family, like you just ride around on your little bike or a little motorized bike, and, you know, they're always there with like a snack and a Coke for you. And, you know, if your tires go flat, you know, you go to the bike club on the corner and they've got air for you. And, um, you know, if anything's wrong, you go to one of these guys. Right. Um, and they just talk about that feeling of, of like safety. Yeah. Um, that like home away from home, which I thought was really, really special. Cause I think most, most of us don't have that growing up and especially like, in a city environment like that, where you can just like, I mean, who would like now in New York city, just let their kid like ride a couple blocks away to the local motorcycle club. But like, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's like the safest place they could be. Right, 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 right. 
Now, so it's kind of cool. Now, I mean, I know there's different type of bikers. We'll get to that. But my, I always want to know, like, did you talk to the outlaw bike? I mean, the the one percenters were like, this is the guys that if they're going to fit a stereotype, these are the guys. Did, did you talk to them? And and was that intimidating? Was it, And did anybody, like, I, I don't know, were, like, less than uh, – you know, received you, you know, less than warming and then maybe they finally warmed up or maybe they didn't. You know, it's in that scene, it's all about like who, you know, and if someone is vouching for you. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I did, I spoke with a few one percenter clubs. I'm not going to name any names. Sorry, but can't do that. that. that, Then you'll be an informant and then you have to go. Then you have to go. (laughs) (laughs) I had, I had just only one like incident, I guess I was traveling with a club. We went to a, an event in Baltimore, actually a little weekend road trip. Um, and there were a bunch of clubs there for this, this party. And I was taking a photo of a guy outside on his bike. It was at night. So I had my flash going off mm. and like 30 feet away, there was a one percenter who noticed the flash going off and he came over to me and he's like, Hey, did you take my photo? And I was like, no, I was taking a photo of this guy here. I wouldn't take your photo without asking. And he's like, I'm going to need, you know, I'm going to need you to delete that picture right now. And I was like, I'm shooting film. Sorry. Like, take a look at my camera. I can't like, can't delete. Um, but we talked and he's like, okay, it's a little suspicious, but that was the only, like, in terms of there was one, one percenter club that I hung out with a bit in New York. Um, and I connected with them, uh, you know, it's like, it's this big complicated web. It's this big system, um, in the community that like, I had a good word from someone who connected me with one of the members. And then one of the members takes me to the president of this one percenter club. I had a good talk with him. Um, and he's like, this is the great thing when you're photographing bikers as opposed to any other group. You have a good talk with the president and the president's like, you can photograph anything you want here. And if anyone gives you any hassle, you send them to me. No one wants to be sent to this guy. So, you know, then, then I'm like, okay, sweet. I'm walking around and, you know, a few guys in the club were like, Hey, like, do you have like permission? I'm like, yep, go talk to Prez, you know? And they're like, oh, okay, okay, you're good. So (laughs) So you had carte blanche. Yeah, with this this one club, you know, that's kind of nice about the the hierarchy of the motorcycle world is that, you know, if if you form relationships with the right people, then, um, then, you know, like you get approved, you get, you get, the carte blanche, you get the, you get the seal of approval and, um, you have, a, you have the freedom to move around, which as a photographer is, is so valuable. Yes. Yes. I, 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 I did, did, at one time, did you like want it? Did you, did you learn how to ride during that time? Did you want to learn how to ride during that time? Did you get a tattoo? Maybe just a little bitty one. I mean, <laughs> I mean, did, did it rub off? Did it rub off on you in, at all in a way? I definitely was considering like riding classes and I, I took a few more rides like on the backs of bikes just to get from here to there. Cause you know, I was in New York city. I didn't have a car. Um, so I'd get rides to biker events and stuff. And, um, but 
Yeah. Everyone's always so shocked about this. I'm actually, I almost died in a car accident when I was 13. So I'm like already a little bit like a little bit scared just of cars. So, I mean, I have the whole, like, I have a big, you know, scar across my head. I have screws in my head, you know, and I know now even more than I did when I started this project, just how dangerous uh, riding motorcycle is (laughs) because, you know, I went to so many memorials. There were so many accidents all the time. So um, I'm intrigued, but I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I'll ever ride. Like I said, I'm just, I'm obsessed with people and I just became obsessed with, you know, the, the culture and, and the people that I met. So for me, motorcycles are secondary. They're awesome. They're, they're beautiful to look at. I love the sound. I love everything that comes with it, but yeah. Well, well, you know, when when, when you're around it, I mean, even to this day, I'm a grown ass man and still, Sometimes that it, it just rubs off on you, you know. It's like it just kind of becomes you, like you know, like honestly, normally, well, it is cold in here, but normally I wear this T-shirt that says Wave One Media. But today, because I was interviewing you and bike clubs, just show you how much of a dork I am. I decided to wear my my, my hoodie, you know, my riding hoodie, and so I wore that. That's how much nice. of a dork I am. I was all one percented up coming in. I really was. That's how excited I was <laughs> to talk to you. So I just want to know, did like made you think, think about maybe getting a a tattoo, maybe of a of something that, that you know, that uh, made you think of them. And I love how you keep, it's, it's all, you're almost on code in the sense of, you say you were with 1% of the game, but you won't tell the name of the game, which I won't even, you know, ask you what it is because I know how that goes. But I just love how you If keep you read it. my book, you might figure it out. Well, I, oh, trust me. I'm, I'm ordering <laughs> your book. And I'm not just saying that. I'm ordering your book. I'm the kind of dork. Anybody that knows me knows I'm, the, I'm that kind of guy. That's why I call the Tilton Gemini. I'm a Gemini. When I like something, I like something. That's why I kept going, come on, please do my podcast. <laughs> so, I mean, it's the truth, though. So, I'm definitely going to get the book. But, yeah, you keep it. Like, you don't tell the name of the of, of, of the of the club, which I think is beautiful because it, it shows that you respected that trust. Yeah, I, that was a big, that was a big part of it. Look, I, I never thought that I would spend, you know, I started photographing in 2014. Mm-hmm. It was 2022. Finally, the book's coming out. I've been working on the book since 2018. Wow. But I never, I never thought that I would be doing this project for so long. I, it's the it's the longest I've ever spent on any documentary project, and you know it it flew by. But it's yeah, it's all about that trust and that respect. And still, you know, I think I'll be going back to you know one or two of my favorite events in New York every year. I mean, it's not just it's it's not just business for me. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like, like when you do. A, yeah. Yeah. When you do projects like this, I mean, these are real relationships and I really care about, um, I really care about some of the people that I met and I formed relationships with and like, you know, I think they're, they're my friends for life now. So it doesn't just stop. I want to make sure that the clubs really, um, you know, I'm not going to like, I'm not going to censor myself. Right. Uh, and I was clear, like, I think I was clear with my intentions with the clubs um, about what I wanted to do. Like, and look, if it's happening in front of me, I'm going to take a photo, <laughs> right? Yeah. I'm not going to censor, but I, I definitely want everyone to feel really good about this book. And I want it to, to be something that they're proud of. That's, 
super important to me. Well, I saw on Instagram, you know, some of the comments people have made that, you know, that you shot photos of, or I guess they're in their club, and they were like really, really happy with you. And they were like, and I could just tell that was sincere. Cause I mean, you know, you just tell it from the text how sincere they were and how they basically thanked you for doing that. And you were very, you know, thankful to them allowing you in, you know, to see that. And some of your photos, I mean, all of your photos, but there's ones, there's two that are iconic and I think are beautiful. I'm talking to you about was one, you could tell the two women were, I don't know, a relationship, but they were intimate with each other. And it was beautiful to see. It was kind of like a, like you could tell she liked her or whatever. And it was one of those kind of things where, I don't know, you know, you could tell that there was a relationship there or maybe her trying. And another one was the guy with, the black guy with his shirt off and he had a swastika on. And that was something that blew me away. Now, do you remember that photo? And and talk to me about that photo. We'll, we'll do this in editing, so hopefully they'll, sh you know, why to show it. But I just, that was the one that made me go, wow. I mean, a black, I've never seen a black guy with a swastika on. Okay, so let me, let me break that down because that photo does get a lot of questions. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so that's a guy named Preach. He's a great friend. He's actually contributing a biker's glossary to the book. Mm -hmm. So he's going to break down all of these, like the biker jargon terminology that you'll come across in the book. Um, and that you're like, what the hell does that mean? Yeah. Um, but he's a really knowledgeable guy. He's been in the world for a while. Um, I don't know if he'll want me to say this. Oh, well, I say it in the books. So he's a former one percenter. He's an independent rider now. Mm -hmm. um, so his tattoo, it's hard to see in the photo. It's actually a swastika with a strike through. Okay. Um, so he was in like a, he was with a Jewish friend and I guess there was like an anti-Semitic incident. Someone said something to his friend and he actually got that in solidarity against racism with his friend. Um, but you do see in the biker world, even in the black biker world, um, some symbols like the swastika, like the iron cross, which is traditionally like a white supremacist symbol. Right. You see a lot of bikers, especially with the iron cross, you see a lot of black bikers wearing that right. for them. It's not white supremacy related. Um, it's, it's more of a, um, it's, it's more of a disavowal of um, like standard conservative society, Societal right? It's, it's more of, yeah, it, it's more of saying like, don't bug me, leave me alone. Me, like don't, I'm a badass, yeah. you know? Yeah, don't fuck with me and I won't fuck with you. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Cause that, that one to me, that was what I was like, wow. And I was like, I know, I knew when I saw that photo, I had to, I had to uh, mention that to you on that one and that. And also, like, when you break it down in the bikers, because I know you, like you said, you interviewed a variety of them. Like, what did you find out, like, the the the, the different types of bikers? Or, yeah. Like, what did you find out between, like, uh, I know there had to be, and I'm, I'm going to learn, there had to be maybe a, a gay bikers or uh, uh, alternative lifestyle bikers or whatever. Did you, did you find that inside clubs? Yeah, so actually the, the photo that you mentioned um, of the two women kind of almost kissing. Yeah, uh, yeah so they were, um, they were actually in a, a car club, which some car clubs are, are in this community, um, hang out with the motorcycle club. So, I mean, you definitely, you came across some gay bikers here and there. I guess for the 
in terms of the people I interviewed, I just interviewed 10 because um, I didn't want to get in over my head. And we had like, you know, three, four hour interviews. They just like, it was amazing how they really surprised me with how in depth they were, how much people opened up. But um, one of my interviews was a woman in the scene who goes by church lady, uh-huh. who is a pastor who started riding in her 60s because she felt like she wanted to minister to the bike community. Um, In her late 60s, she buys a motorcycle um, so that she can better like embed herself in this world and and connect with the people she was pastoring to. So, you know, that was, that's a really interesting story. I love that. I love that. In your 60s, that, that just, it goes along with, with my way of thinking in that you always leave your mind limitless because that way, you know, you, you explore, you're exploring this world, I believe, until you're dead. You know what I mean? That, that's just my belief. You always explore. You try to get better. You try to learn until that final day when time's up. You know, I always want to say when time's up, I want to look back and have enough time and go, okay, yeah, I did it. Like, you know, I learned until the, till the last moment. Yeah, totally. I, I love that. And I agree with you 100%. I mean, people are, there's nothing so interesting as people on this planet. I mean, I'll never, I'll, I'll never get sick of, of going out into the world and, and meeting these incredible people. Um, but yeah, another, another writer I interview, uh, her name is Shifty. Uh, I thought her story was really interesting because she was born and raised in the Bronx. Um, she even, she had, uh, her aunt's, uh, husband was a black Falcon, which is a, a club in the Bronx. Um, but she never saw any female riders until she got to a certain age. She loved motorcycles, but because she didn't see that representation, she never thought that it was a possibility for her to become a biker. Um, until, until later on, she met a woman in Harlem, um, named suicide who was starting a, a female club, uh, and now shifty is the president of a club called the black pearls. Um, which is a nationwide club. And yeah, so I I just thought that was amazing as well, that that the power of representation and and what it means to see someone who looks like you doing doing this. I mean, and yeah, now Shifty is such like a great ambassador for the culture and she's so she's so knowledgeable. She she spent so much time trying to educate herself on um MC world tradition and protocol, even though, you know, even though women in the MC world are not always accepted. Um, he's really like, she's done it, you know? Well, that representation means everything. And especially now, you know, like now I think it helps that women now have that, that outlet that, that, you know, where as opposed to times past, you know, like, Oh my God, a woman riding a motorcycle. It was really like, Oh my God. But now it's like, it's not so much, uh, a, a novelty and I think it helps young girls now look at like hey I can do that I can go racing now I can do this now or you know on a motorcycle and it's really you see societal norms being broken down and and honestly it sounds cheesy but books like yours the books that's coming out by you Easy Rider it's gonna help little girls they get their hands on that book and say it's on a coffee table and look mama look a girl riding a motorcycle mama I can do that I want to do that and that's gonna help 
And I think it's going to better society personally. A little in books like yours. I think it's going to be, I think this book is going to be monumental. I hope so. I mean, it's really been like super humbling how, how the set has really been excited about it. And, you know, I think a friend of mine had said something that just like almost made me cry a little bit. (laughs) He was like, you know, when we're, when we're dead and gone, you know, my grandkids will pick this up and they'll see what this bike life was about. They'll see that we were here doing it, you know, and, and this will preserve our memories. And that's, that's what you're that's doing. exactly what I wanted. No, that's you what know? you're doing. You're documenting history and it's the history. And I think, I think he said that, or that person said it, I'm sorry. That person said it. And that came from the heart because for so long, like I said, even for me, it's been so long. We didn't see that representation. You don't see it on TV. You know, you don't see it. I didn't see it anywhere until just recently. And now that I know that it exists and you're documenting it. I mean, there's a couple books, but you're documenting this period in time. And yeah, you're you're the, you're going to be the trendsetter. I mean, you're the one that that's that that's setting it. And I and I think that's why they they were so eager to talk to you because I, somebody wants to know our story. Yeah, we'll give it to you unfiltered, uncensored. And that's what's so beautiful about what you're doing. The only thing I say to you though is, I want a part two where you go west coast. Fair enough. I mean, I definitely, a few people asked me during the process, like, okay, are you going to do this like nationwide on black? Cause black motorcycle clubs are everywhere. Yes. Just like the white clubs, they are everywhere. And I was like, okay, well, I would need to dedicate another 10 to 15 years of my life for that. I'm just going <laughs> to, let me focus on New York for right now. <laughs> Cause that's already like big enough. Yeah. I want to do it right. You know, yeah. I want to do it right. I don't want to do it superficially. So I was like, okay, let me focus on New York for now. I did. I will say speaking of West coast and I wanted to bring them up anyway. Um, East Bay Dragons yes. out of Oakland. Yes, I was going to get to that, but I knew you had you you went up on me, so go ahead. <laughs> yeah, established 1959. Um, they're an an earlier like all black club that's still around. I mean, there were many clubs that came earlier, but I I say in terms of clubs that still exist. Um, I actually went out to go meet them. I was out in California for my brother's wedding. And I like I am way too close to the dragons not to give them a call so I did go out and meet them one like I I left my brother's wedding reception I was like sorry I'm gonna be a little late (laughs) and I went to go meet up with them at their clubhouse in Oakland um and it was such an honor to to meet them and you know especially given I just wanted to mention the how these black motorcycle clubs, you know, it's not, it's not just about the history of motorcycling either. It's, they're intertwined with, I mean, as individuals in these bigger stories too, like how the East Bay Dragons, um, their clubhouse was right down the street from the first Black Panthers clubhouse. Wow. And they were very, they were very close friends, actually. And and sorry if I'm if I'm telling you stuff you already know. No, I'm just please. saying it for everyone here. Please um, go on. Like they actually, because you know the bikers and the Black Panthers both looked so badass. Um, the the bikers, the the dragons, were actually being arrested uh, because the police thought that they were the Black Panthers, and you know vice versa. But they they were close friends, and they. 
you know, they helped them serve those, those breakfasts to the school kids in the mornings. They, they were actually um, really tight and they did a lot of the, the community work with the Panthers as well. Um, and I think motorcycle clubs don't get the credit that they deserve for their role in, in politics and community service too, because they're there. They're usually just a little bit under the radar. Yeah. Well, you know, nowadays, I mean, hell, I mean, the, the, the line between good guys and bad guys is so, you know, blurred right now. I mean, the, the so-called good guys, are they really good? And the so-called bad guys, they almost really do more good. I mean, I mean, it, it, the way society portrays, say, the motorcycle clubs as gangs and this and that. And then like you, you had access to them and you see they're helping kids and they have, you know, the toy giveaways and, and they're doing stuff for the community that the government's not doing for the community. And I mean, if they don't if they don't help them, who's going to help them? Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I'm pretty sure this is national news because I saw it out here in, in New Mexico, but there was a big fire in the Bronx um, yes. like a week or two ago. Yeah. Um, it was horrible. Quite a few people died. And and, you know, what do I see on my Easy Riders feed? You know, I see all these clubs organizing, um, you know, drives for coats, shoes, toiletries. They're all um, raising money and supplies for the people who are affected by the fire because this is their city, you know, this is their community and they're going to help where they can. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I went to quite a few community service events, um, which I photographed. A few of them are in the book. Um, just in, I was in New York visiting in, in, um, November for a week and I went to, this cool Thanksgiving dinner that a club did at a, at a homeless shelter. So, you know, they're always, they're always out there. They're out there so much more than your average person actually. And that's something that church lady brings up in her interview, yeah. something that attracted her to the clubs. She's like, they're more organized than your average person. They're already like this structured group you know they've got their like rank of commands the president the vice pres they've got the people who are used to organizing events getting this big group of people together and they're ready to you know deliver those diapers to the shelter or put on that meal or um collect coats for the homeless uh she's like they they do it more often they're they're more ready to help than your average person wow so. I think I, I mean I think that's great and that it doesn't get enough they don't get their flowers enough if you ask me I mean it's true because you know I think society will always have that stereotype of of what a you know more, uh, a bikers like I mean I feel it when I'm riding when I'm just riding I'm, I'm not even close to that you know but you just feel people I mean there, there's the good part of it because I have conversations with people I probably wouldn't normally have you know what I mean when I'm traveling I have people come talk to me and I, you know I'm glad to talk to them and they talk to me about so I didn't know, like we were talking about the uh, the biker uh, club in Indianapolis. I remember when I was in Sacramento, getting ready to come back to Indianapolis, you know, going to drive cross country. And this guy comes over to talk to me. I'm at a McDonald's. I just want to drink my coffee so I can get on the road. And he, got, he starts talking. He goes, man, you know, I remember when I, you know, rode across country for this veterans, you know, veterans to Washington, D.C. on my motorcycle. He goes, I got to Indianapolis and these black bikers got to, to the point where I, you know they basically guided me to their clubhouse he goes we partied there for two days and then I went to DC I mean just stuff like that you don't hear I mean you always hear the bad stuff but you never hear the good things and I think that's what this book is going to do is talk about the good things 
Yeah, that's that's awesome. And there's there's totally that biker solidarity, which is so cool. Um, and it I think it it goes across. I mean, it, with the exception of a few clubs, which you know we all know about, uh, there's that biker solidarity across you know races, across sex, across you know all of these different things. And um, actually, one of my one of my interviews, a guy named Austin Johnson. Uh, brown sugar he just passed yes, COVID, so, so everyone please be safe and yeah, you know austin was the most amazing person so full of stories uh and really a repository of of black biker history yeah. he was incredible um he talked about riding cross country from san francisco back to new york in i think it was 71 yeah. Um, and the movie Easy Rider, I think that came out in 69. He had seen that film recently yeah. and he was like, you know, I'm getting ready, like a black guy on my chopper, like getting ready to drive across country through all these states I've never been to before. You know, he's like, I was ready to get shot off my bike, like in that movie. Yeah. Um, but he's like, no, but I just met like amazing people on the way. Yes. Like, in the middle of nowhere, I have this guy flag me down. He's like, your boots are like flapping like a dog's tongue or something like his boots were coming apart. And they're like, let me give you a new pair of boots. Let me like, you know, let me help you fix your bike and send you on your way. And he's like, it was like, he had an incredible experience. So um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of good in, in the culture that I'm, I hope that people can appreciate after reading the book. Now that's great and all, but how about just a little bit of that gully gully, a little bit of that, oh, like, you know. A little like, bit of dirt. Yeah, a little bit of dirt. When you saw stuff, you're like, oh, shit, these dudes are real. Like, I better get out of here now. Like, did you see a little bit of that? Yeah, I'm not gonna, I, I. No name. Thank you for bringing that up because I want to, um, you know, mention like, yeah, I'm totally, this book is about celebrating this culture. That's the, the number one priority but it's I'm also like I said earlier like I'm not here to censor anything like I'm here to show how it is and life is complicated life is not black and white right there's right. a lot of gray tones in there right, and right. um you know definitely in the interviews and you'll see this in the photos as well um the New York culture is going through a lot of change in the last couple decades mm -hmm. um you know, there's some messy politics. There are uh, just a lot of clubs popping up. Some uh, outlaws getting involved in in the regular clubs, and there's you know wherever there's money, there is uh, there is trouble. <laughs> so uh, more money, more problems. It's, it's Biggie Small yeah. say, more money, more problems. Yeah, so you know, we definitely touch on the things that could be better yes. in the scene. Right. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's with the intention. Like the bikers bring that up with me in the book because they fucking love this culture and they want it to be, you know, the best that it can be. So, you know, we talk about those issues. <laughs> um, they're there. Yeah. I guess I don't know if I want to get any more specific right now. No, I no, I but, love it. Now yeah. I respect it too. Like I said, man, this is my alter ego. If I wasn't such a pussy, I'd be one of those guys. I really would be. But you know, I I'm you know I'm a Gemini, so I just have to. I'm a nomad. You know, I I would love to ride with him for a certain, you know, for like you know from point 
A to point A and a half, and then I'd be like, all right, guys, I'm on my way. You know what I mean? I'm just, I just like that. I, I like to ride on my boat. I like to do it by myself, and there's nothing against anybody. And, but I respect it. I love it. I want to be it. But I know, I, but I know I'm, I'm not going to. So that's why I'm living it through you right now. You know what I mean? If you're in New York, you know, let me know, and I'll hook you up with some people. And, you know, <laughs> I love your. You, you can give take me that the hook ride up. with them and then go your own way. <laughs> you give me the hook up with black bikers. That's what I love. Hey, you need to hook up BT. You need some place to stay. Need some new? You come talk to me. I'm Kate. I'm your girl. <laughs> so, so, what was your nickname? Was I'm not trying to be the Godfather here. You know. <laughs> what was your nickname? Was it Katie D? What did they call you? They, did they give you like a like a nickname? You know, I was like photo lady sometimes. Yeah, or just Katie, you know. I don't know. Usually it's like photo lady. You're like, who's that girl taking the pictures? <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I, I mean, honestly, I think, oh, here comes old photo lady. You know what? Better be photo lady than the flower girl. No one likes a flower girl at the club. No one likes it. So better be photo lady than the flower girl. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, at least the whole reason I got Instagram, I didn't even have Instagram was for the bikers because I was like, I, I wanted to share what I was doing. But I was like, how do I reach like so many people? I meet so many people at every event. So that was a good way to connect with people. And then people could be like, oh, okay, this is where these photos are going. Yeah. This is what's happening cool. I like this photo of me. So I'll let you take my picture next time too. Yeah. <laughs> um, How, yeah. Did you find a lot of misogyny? Um, uh, I know, even though, you know, we're in different times now and, and, you know, women are doing their thing and are, did you find any integrated clubs with women or did you find like there's still old school attitudes pro women? Um, you know, I definitely, I hung out with plenty of clubs that were like co-ed clubs, mm -hmm which was cool. And I, those clubs definitely prioritized, um, you know, it was their opinion that, you know, we're here for brotherhood and sisterhood. Um, and then there were, you know, like the one percenters are going to be all male. Yeah. Um, and some other clubs are going to be all male too, just cause you know, and maybe it was in their bylaws or maybe that's how it panned out, but, um, and those all female clubs. And it was interesting talking to the, the women bikers who were like, Cause they were the ones, I think they were a little bit more open with me about that side of it. Yeah. Um, they were kind of like, you know, like one of them said to me, you know, I, I was thinking about joining a club. I, I went to this club that was co-ed and like, these guys were just trying to sleep with me, like, and flirt with me. And like, that's not what I'm joining a club for. I'm joining a club because I want to ride my motorcycle with like-minded people. Right. And for her, that ended up being an all women's club because it was just less distracting. It was right. more about the riding. Right. Um, and then it became a lot about the sisterhood as well. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, you definitely have um, some, I think, backwards attitudes <laughs> towards, <laughs> towards um, the role of women. But, you know, I'm not here to judge. I'm not, I'm I, not here to judge. Like there's motorcycle tradition, right. which is cool. Like, like if what? people like what? know what they're, like, what? What, what, like, what, like, what's the motorcycle tradition that, that you knew you were getting into? Like, oh, okay, that's just what they do. Okay. So you see, well, I don't know if this photo is going to make it into the book, but there's, you know, you see those vests that are, um, that say property of. Right. Okay. Yes, 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 yes. You know, yes. and that's like the, the traditionalists, which I respect motorcycle tradition. That's all cool. Like they're like, look, this is the purpose of that. It's, it's not, it's not disrespectful. It's meant to, you know, it's actually a, a badge of honor for this woman. Right. That's what they will say. Yeah. 
But, you know, I mean, for me, that language, especially for like a black woman, right? Yes. Like that language is, is tough to swallow. Yes. Um, so <laughs> I can see it bothering but, you. Yeah, I, I get you. I get you. I get but, you. But, you know, it, it, that exists in the traditional motorcycle world. And you can choose to be a part of a club that subscribes to that or not. There are plenty that don't. So it's all what I think is really cool about the, the community in general is that there is a lot of difference of opinion between these clubs, but they're all like, you do you and we're not going to judge. <laughs> like we're going to just do our own thing over here. Nice. So. Oh, now, what did you think of the, uh, I saw pictures of the, uh, uh, I don't know, strippers, but they were, you know, with the little, uh, you know, getting their money and they're, you know, getting Any bike washes. Bike washes. Yes, yes, yes. What did, you, what did you think of that when you saw that? You know, I actually love bikini bike washes. Really? <laughs> Kate, I love you already, Kate. I'm not, you know, I'm not all, you know, all like PC over here because this is what I, this is what I saw at the bikini bike washes. Like I saw there were men and women there, even people brought their kids, you know, like it, it was just like, it was a good time. Yeah. It was in the middle of the afternoon you know, on the street outside the clubhouse. Um, usually the women are like hired strippers, but they stay in their little bikinis. Yeah. You know, they don't, they don't strip down more than that from what I saw. Yeah. Um, and everyone just like has a good time, dance to the music, wash the bikes, like tease, tease your guy friends for getting a little lap dance, you know, <laughs> and like it, it was a good time. I love it. But I've also I've also done a couple photo projects on like strippers, so I have a I have a soft spot. I saw that I saw that they, they, I love those pictures. I saw that I love those pictures because those are like, it's I, I like behind the scenes and the stuff that you know it's not so much the glamour it's the the real you know like I, I think I saw the uh, the dance they, uh, I think they were drinking a coke and they were at a table and kind of like all right here we go and I love that that you can't get no more real than that and then they got to paint the smile on and and go you know be you know the clown and, and entertain so I yeah I loved your pictures I think they're so I, I think this book is going to be iconic it just say the least I mean it's going to be just Man, what what you're about to do, and I and the re the reception you have from this book, uh, it's gonna be mind blowing. And I mean it from the bottom of my heart. It's gonna be mind blowing. And when this is over, I'm definitely gonna order one. I'm not just whistling Dixie. I'm gonna order me this book, and I cannot wait. So, and this man, I got so many more questions, but we have to go. So, man, I, <laughs> of all this, of all the things you've seen, if there's one thing, and this is a big question, but if there's one thing that just stands out out of the five years. Uh, photographing, you know, things that you saw, whatever, what really stands out for you? Oh, damn, that's tough. I wish I had more time to think about it. But okay, real fast, off the top of my head. One of the most significant days for me of shooting this project was the Bikers for Babies run. This was with an outlaw club, and their associates. Um, I saw 300 bikers come and bring diapers and baby wipes. They filled up a huge truck with these diapers and baby wipes. They've been doing it for over 20 years. Um, I rode on the back of someone's bike up. We rode from Brooklyn all the way through Brooklyn into lower Manhattan, all the way through lower Manhattan. This is a line 
of 300 bikers following this huge truck of supplies. You know, we drive, we, we go by World Trade Tower where there are all these tourists who are taking pictures and they all turn around to the street and start taking pictures of the bikers and like with their eyes popping out of their heads. This line of 300 bikers going through the entire city all the way up to Harlem to this shelter that they've been working with for over 20 years. I think it's like 25 or 27 by now. Um, where when we get there, there is a line around the block of families who anticipate the bikers arrival every single year and they line up outside and they're ready to greet them, to pick up their supplies. They're so grateful and happy to see all these tough looking outlaw bikers roll up. Um, and then they formed a little assembly line all the way to the door and are just passing the diapers in. And that was just, that was an incredible day. Uh, that was a really amazing day. <laughs> oh my God, I could see it really affect. I mean, I really, I, I, I can only imagine. I could feel like, I could feel that from you. Just tell you telling the story, man. That's awesome. Okay, Dingley, thank you so much for sharing. You know what, man? We, we got to do a part two coming up. I, I think when the, it, it's coming out, when, when did the, uh, the book exactly drop? In April. In April, man, we know if I want to do a part two. Of course, I'll annoy you. So if, if you want to do it before I annoy <laughs> you, please, please hit me up. Because, I mean, I want to talk no, to you. No, you're not annoying. I, I would love it was to great to talk to you. My gosh, I like I could I could talk to you all day. And I mean, and I want to do a part two. Might do a part two, Wyatt. I'm serious, man. I, I just, oh, this is what I love. So anyway, thank you so much, Kate. We'll talk a little bit uh, when we get off thank the air. Thank you, BT. Thank you so much. And the book is Easy Riders, E-Z-Y-R-Y-D-E-R-S. Talks about New York City's African-American motorcycle clubs, five years in the making. I've seen little snippets of this book. It is going to be life-changing, and I promise you that. And she has done you guys proud. Kate Dingley, thank you so much. I appreciate you. Thank you so much thank for watching you. Tales from a Gemini. If you guys want to see part two, hit me up. Hit Kate up on her Instagram, and we'll get it done. And you know how I say about this time. You know the word, pay.